So here we are on my last day in Copenhagen. I think it's quite fitting. I'm here with the man who um, pushed me to come here. Uh, a man that uh, took me in, showed me around, got me comfortable in the whole new world. And for that, I really appreciate it. Um, so who is this man? This man, here's how he was explained to me when I was first coming over here. One, the John Madden of Denmark. Started a lot of American football over here. Announcer for NFL games. And then two, the Ryan Seacrest of Denmark. He was on Dancing with the Stars, hosting that, been in the spotlight for a while. But as I've gotten to know him, there's a lot more to the story. Um, grew up in humble beginnings, kind of worked his ass off, learned a lot from his American experience, traveling abroad, living over there. And and a very successful man, runs websites, does podcasts, and and more importantly, a good person. And I consider him a friend now, and I'm so happy he's finally getting on the podcast, and we're going to make this thing happen. So Klaus, Mr. Klaus Elming, how are you doing? I'm good, Nick. Uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, thanks for uh, spending the last uh, eight to nine months in, in Denmark. I hope you enjoyed it. It's been amazing. It's been amazing. You've been a big part of that. You made me feel welcome and, and showed me around, introduced me to people, and I'm very thankful for that. But let's get into this thing, man. Um, the spotlight. Let's start off with that. What is life like being in that spotlight, being a celebrity, being in that entertainment world? I mean, there's a lot more that goes into it than what we see on the TV screen. I mean, it's a pretty big question. I mean, that, that answer can go in a lot of directions, but let me start at, at uh, the whole thing about becoming uh, a celebrity and, and, and becoming famous. So some, uh, and especially in this day and age, want to be famous just to be famous you know you have all these reality shows where people get on you know in the hopes of, of them becoming famous and some deserve it uh some will actually take that fame and become someone special uh you know that will do uh things for other people and, and help them and that is absolutely great uh we have a, a few people here in denmark that were on reality shows and and uh in the end became big stars that were also meaningful to other people um, but in the most part, uh, for me, it was uh, really about loving sports and being able to portray or, or give my whole uh, enthusiasm for sports to other people. And in the beginning, it was uh, through writing articles. Uh, it was uh, primarily... Uh, about uh, soccer and you know normal sports in Europe, but then I came to America. When you were a kid, right? High school. Yeah, this was high school. And that's a quick note here. That's how our connection is, because you went to the same high school my father and mother went, right? Right. I actually went to high school with your mother. Yeah. Uh, and uh, your father's best friend is also my best friend, so he's a lucky man. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I went to America. And uh, I was taught American football, and I absolutely came to love American football. And I came back and helped uh, found a couple of teams in Denmark, and also helped found the uh, the National Federation here. And when uh, when Danish TV uh, was going to show uh, or started showing uh, the NFL in Denmark, uh, they asked me to uh, do the the commentary and I'll be the color guy. And that's really how the whole thing started. And, and the one thing that I really wanted was I wanted to popularize uh, American football. I was not in this to become famous. I was in this to make football 
American football a big sport in Denmark. Obviously, it's a very small sport. It was even smaller back then than it is now. Uh, we have soccer. We have something called team handball, mm -hmm. which is not very big in the U.S., but it's huge here. We have a lot of people that play badminton, which is a garden sport in America, but here mm -hmm. it's a professional sport. Uh, and all these small sports, you know, that, that we're really good at at an international level. But American football was obviously a difficult sport to introduce to the Danish audience. First of all, because it requires a lot of players. Second of all, because in America, there's an understanding that if you're not on the first team, uh, you're on the second team or the third team and you have to fight your way up. Here, if you're not on the first team, you're like, heck, I'm not going to spend the time practicing. You know, I'd rather, you know, play some other sport. So you needed to get guys in that could see the whole point of, of getting a team together and practicing hard and working your way up uh, through uh, the, 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 the system or, or the team and, and finally you know, being able to make the team. Now, that, but, that yeah. American experience, that's what drew you to football, right? And that's what you wanted to, yeah, what you got from in America. You wanted to take what you learned and bring it over here because that had a big impact on you traveling abroad at such a young age, didn't it? No, yeah, I was, uh, I was, what was, I was 16 when I came to America. Uh, and at 17, 17 when I came back, and I was just totally in love with American football. I thought it was the greatest sport I ever saw. And, uh, and I, I brought it back with me, and I brought some footballs back with me, which was, you know, I mean, th th there weren't many footballs in Denmark, just mm -hmm. to give you an idea of how small the sport was. So I sent footballs back home uh, for Christmas to my best friend and my brother. And when I, when I left the U.S. to go back, I think I brought four or five footballs or something like that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, help start a few teams and all that stuff. Uh, and when, when, when I got on TV, you know, it was really, really important for me to, uh, to get people to understand American football, to get them to like American football. So when, what we did in the, in the, in the TV show was, well, actually it was, it was, it was, it was uh, going back, it was quite lucky, uh, that we even got American football on TV and it came with uh, Super Bowl 33 where the Atlanta Falcons played the Denver Broncos and the Falcons had a Danish kicker, Morton Anderson. Yeah. And Morton made it to the Super Bowl and TV2 asked me if, if I wanted to uh, be the color guy on that. And then the year after, uh, a new uh, TV station uh, was opened up and, and uh, they wanted to show American football. They wanted to show the NFL. Morton beat our Vikes. And that's... Don't, don't mention the war. <clears throat> but don't. that's... What's his face? Stepping out of bounds. We've talked about this. Robert Smith. Probably the reason you are where you're at. I mean, Morton, Morton uh, hitting that field goal in the Metrodome uh, in overtime is the reason that I became host of Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. And, and that is crazy how that is all connected. But had he not made that kick, American football would not have become a thing on TV in Denmark. And without football as a thing on TV in Denmark, I would not be the host of the football show. I would then not become the host of the morning uh, news show. And I would then not become the host of Dancing with the Stars. So it's all connected. I think and you told me once, if it wasn't for that, you'd be meatpacking back in the... You know what? <laughs> uh, when, I, when I got out of high school, it's, it's very common here that when you get out of high school, you take a year off. Some, some even take two years off before you decide what you want to study. And the year I took off after high school, uh, I went to a, a local, uh, uh, when I say butcher shop, that's, uh, that's an exaggeration because it's a huge uh, factory butchering, but, but, what, what do you call that, butchery? No, what do you call it? Like butcher. A, a butcher. Well, I mean like uh, a, a meat yeah. factory. Meat, meat factory, exactly. And, uh, and I worked there for a year. 
uh, carving out pigs. So uh, made good money. I uh, was able to buy my own place when I went to study. So so uh, I moved to a bigger city and then bought a place with the money I earned there. Uh, but uh, but it, it would be a, it would have been an easy life, you know, just butchering pigs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, not as fun. And, and, when, and when I told you that, obviously I was joking. I, I would have probably never end, ended up there. But but it definitely was uh, not necessarily a career opportunity, but uh, definitely a, a, a thing that could have happened to me or anybody else. Here's what I'm fascinated with, Klaus. Um, you come over from America with this love of American football. You come into a place that it's not big at all. I mean, what gave you the motivation? What made you think you could make something happen with American football over here? Because it's turned out pretty big now. There's yeah. a lot of people that follow. It's from the in Europe. They love American football uh, in Denmark compared right. to a lot of other places. Like, I mean, the thing you you were in the ground floor of it. If, if right. it wasn't for you, I mean, probably wouldn't be where it's at. Right. What made you think that you could do that, or were you even thinking about blowing up this big? I had I, I was totally naive, you know. But I was uh, I, I was young and I had the drive, and I've always had the drive to you know just throw myself out there, start something, see where it takes you. And I think that comes from my parents. You know, uh, my parents always told me that uh, it's uh, it's it's important that you dare, dare. I mean, you, you have to be able to, uh, you know, get out there where we can't really uh, get out of the comfort zone. Exactly, and uh, and that, that was important to them in in their lives, and and I, they gave that to both my myself and my brother. So uh, did you get that from that American experience? When you no, were... I mean, I mean, it's something. No, it's something that my parents gave me, yeah. really. But but I would say that that going to America was important to me as well because the, the American way of life is, is different. I mean, we're very similar to Denmark and America in many ways. But you've spent uh, you know the, almost a, a full year here now, and at least nine months, and and uh, and and you can see that there are differences, uh, especially nowadays. But uh, uh, but I took a lot of stuff with me from America. Uh, one one thing I took with me is, you know, also the um, the the belief in yourself. It is okay to believe in yourself. Uh, there's a lot of, of Danes that that do believe in themselves, but but don't say it out loud. I think that's one thing, you know, where where you as uh, as a Danish man or a woman, for that matter, you know, you can have a lot of self confidence, but but you you don't brag about it and I'm not saying you know that, that Americans brag or, or that I brag but it's just it's okay to be confident enough to say you know I'm good mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of people will in Denmark will uh, will be more you know uh, hiding a little bit and, and, and take themselves out of the spotlight and I always even even before I went to America enjoyed the spotlight um, I always wanted to perform I also wanted to be on a stage I did some I did some high school plays I've always uh, done a lot of stuff you know uh, radio interviews TV interviews all, all sorts of stuff and then this thing came up with uh, with TV and they asked me to, to do the color commentary uh, and uh, and I did and, and it was a lot of fun and that just continued and uh, then uh, I think after three years of doing uh, only the NFL I was asked to do the uh, the morning it's like uh, Good Morning America yeah. I was asked to do that mm -hmm. in Denmark uh, and and host the news uh, or the sports news section of, of that show uh, so I did that for four years and uh, and then somebody saw me and said yeah, and they needed a new host 
for Dancing with the Stars, uh, and uh, they asked me. To, it, it, Dancing with the Stars was pretty new. They had had a, a male host for two seasons, and they needed a new host because he was doing something else. Uh, so they had an open casting, uh, or closed casting, if you will. I think they invited four or five people in, and I was one of them. And and I aced that casting and and uh, got the job as a host for Dancing with the Stars in Denmark, and I hosted that show for twelve years. 12 years well. And I had not hosted it for 12 years if Morton Anderson, if, if, if Gary Anderson hadn't missed the damn kick yeah, Gary, in the yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so the, the Vikings missed out on the Super Bowl in 1998, you know, with Randall Cunningham and Randy Moss and Chris Carter and Robert Smith and John Randall and all those guys. And, uh, and uh, Robert Smith stepped out of bounds. Gary Anderson missed the field goal. Morton Anderson made the kick in overtime. Atlanta went to the Super Bowl. They lost. I became the host of Dancing with the Stars. It's a wild, wild story. Now, Klaus, I want to make a point here. You're talking about <clears throat> Danish culture and then not kind of being outwardly confident and, and putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. People kind of look down upon it. Now, obviously, you've done that your whole life, and you've been successful because of it, but you probably had to deal with a lot of people talking behind your back. And I've heard a lot of good things about you, but I've also heard those kind of people saying, oh, who does he think he is? He did this, that. He talks a lot. How did you... Shutter out that noise, you know, put the blindfolds on and just keep going like you did. I think it's important to everybody, you know, because uh, you can't be friends with everybody. And there's always somebody that's going to, you know, talk behind your back or say you're this or say you're that. But basically, they're just not any good for you. They're not Mm -hmm. your friend and they're not going to help you uh, become anything in life. They're not going to be there, you know, uh, and you don't even want them to be there because... They're just going to try and drag you down. And basically, for, for, for most people, it's really a question of probably being envious. 100%. And they wish they could put themselves out there like that. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Uh, and if, if, if there's one advice I want to give in this podcast, it's really, you know, surround yourself with good people. Surround yourself with people that want the best for you and surround yourself with people that you want the best for, you know, because... Uh, there's so many people that can drag you down. There's so many people that, that really don't want you to have the success that you deserve. And it's really important, you know, that you, at a fairly young age, realize, don't try to make everybody happy. Don't try to make everybody a friend. Realize when somebody is not good for you uh, and somebody don't want the best for you and then just get rid of them. Um, I'm not a guy that really, you know, makes enemies or cuts uh, ties you know but i will i will i will make a, a definite line as to who i live into my inner circle who i want to uh share stuff with and who i can rely on uh, i'll keep everybody else at bay uh and there's a, there's an old saying that you know keep, keep your friends close and your enemies even closer i won't say that i go to that extreme but, you know, it's not like, you know, that I, I, I make enemies or anything like that. I just realize very quickly, is this a person that I want in my inner circle? Is this a person that I can rely on? Um, <clears throat> so when you were going up the ladder and, and building your yourself, your businesses, how did you find those right people to get you in the position no, to I'm, succeed? No, I mean... I mean some people, and I mean, that's, that's even easier now, you know, with, with, with social yeah. medias like, like LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever. But, but that's more, you know, a searching 
of people that can actually help you. Uh, networking obviously is important. You know, wherever you are in life, you know, you meet people that can be, can become uh, important to you later, or you can become important to them, and you can build relationships that are fruitful for the both of you. Uh, so very important, of course, you know, to be a good networker. Um, that's, I think that's more important now than it's ever been. So, so make sure that, uh, that that's something that you take into account. Um, I don't think that I ever looked for somebody, you know, in, in specific areas of my life. It's all, always somebody, you know, that, that I met on the way. Yeah. And then you find out, some you find out pretty quick, others it takes, takes longer time to find out that, that these are really the people that, that you want to hang out with and, and both, both personally and professionally. Uh, and then there are other people, you know, that, that you say, okay, uh, maybe I have to work with this guy or this girl uh, uh, for professional reasons. But you know, uh, once the workday is over, not gonna, not somebody I'm gonna spend any more time on. Now this has to be very difficult in your line of business with the entertainment and and uh, putting yourself out there on TV and podcast because um, it's a, a really big superficial world, isn't it? Mm. Um, how have you dealt with that then? Have you talked about the biggest thing is finding the right people? It's pretty hard in the limelight, isn't it? Yeah, and it's also hard, you know, to find out who really wants to be your friend. Or just that, get some from you. Or get, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, who really, you know, do they want to be your friend because you are who you are? Uh, hey, I'm hanging out with Klaus, you know, the famous host from Dancing with the Stars or the NFL guy or whatever. Uh, or do they really want to be your friend? And and that that's also created a little bit of a, a vacuum for me in the sense that I let very, very few people into my inner inner circle. You know, uh, when I when I look at my inner circle, I mean, there's maybe uh, 10 people overall. And and uh, then, you know, I have a, a larger outer circle and then an even larger outer, outer circle. But uh, but it, it, it just for me, it's, it's kind of created, you know, a, a sense of, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of not letting anybody in before I really I know them really, really well. And that's, I mean, that's how I work. Some, some people are better at letting people in, uh, and some people will let m many more people in than, than I do. Um, I have a, a, a large amount of people that I know and a large amount of people that I can call. But if I really, really need a favor or something, uh, there's only a small group of people that, that I rely on. Um, it's obviously... Uh, it's obviously difficult when when you become famous, and especially when your face becomes famous. You know, uh, I know of radio hosts that, that don't have the same fame because you know nobody knows what they look like, so they can go to the supermarket or down the street, and nobody will recognize them. If I go to the supermarket or down the street or have a night out on the town, you know, uh, people will stop and and some will start talking to you, or people will whisper behind your back. And the funny thing is, you know, most people think that that famous people are deaf. Yeah, you know, because they'll go, hey, there's this, this, this guy, you know, and, and they'll whisper really loud. And I'm like, I'm right here, you know, I can hear you. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so so it's 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 difficult, you know, when your face becomes famous, and especially in a small country like Denmark. Yeah, yeah, that's what that the first question I asked you. I wanted to kind of get in that that mindset of what's it like being putting yourself completely out there. You know, you're not private no more. Your life's out there and. And obviously, it's not all rosies and dandelions. I mean, right. do you do you regret becoming famous, or do you have you? Has it been worth it? You no, know? I, no. I mean, I don't regret anything because I mean, 
remember when I when I said about what I said about American football is that the reason I really yeah. got on TV was was my interest in making Your football love. bigger yeah. and and uh, I've done a lot of sports commentary, a lot of uh, of calling, uh, you know, football games, but also bicycle races and, and hockey games and soccer games and tennis matches and and uh, even skiing and all sorts of stuff and my whole uh, reason for doing this passion your love. Is, 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 is the passion and you know either educating people in a, in a sport uh, telling them stories that I find interesting I always have the idea that if there's a story about an athlete or, or uh, an event or a stadium or whatever that I uh, that I'm like wow that was interesting there's gonna be other people that find that's interesting and then I, I, I want to tell that story you know uh, and and basically that that's my whole reason for doing sports casting is the ability to entertain people and tell stories. I think that's a great point because <clears throat> people want to be successful and and uh, you know receive get wealthy and have a good life. Um, finding your passion and going full blast into it and then amazing things happen. I mean your passion was American football and it was nothing over here and then it grew into all these different sectors and, and you became who you are because you followed what you loved and you tried getting that out to the people. I think that's pretty cool. Thanks. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I know um, now uh, recently you uh, you stopped doing the Dancing with the Stars. I know you run a, a website, um, Picks Yellow Flag. You've been doing that for a while. Um, you're on podcast. What's kind of been going on the last you know three four years? I don't know when you stopped doing Dancing with the Stars. Two so, years ago. Two years ago. Right. These last two years, what um, what's been going on in your life, and what do you kind of see in these in the in the future here? Um, I have no idea what the future will bring. Um, I'm probably going to get back on TV or something like that, but I, I, I took a two year hiatus okay. from, uh, from TV, uh, and I needed that time for myself, you know, because, uh, really what happened was, um, uh, my tenure as a, as hosting, uh, Dancing with the Stars ended in dramatic fashion. Okay. Uh, uh, and you say, okay, I, I think you know the story. They, uh, they, uh, they, uh, I won't say they fired me, but they, uh, they said that the male uh, host of Dancing with the Stars would now become a female. So there were two female hosts. Uh, so, so all of a sudden, you know, they didn't, uh, they didn't need a, a male host. Uh, so my, my tenure there ended. And with that, um, I had, uh, I had, I had, I, I, I was stressed out. Uh, I had actually. For the well, for the first time, but for the second time in my career, I I got some anxiety attacks, and this time they were really really uncomfortable and not something that I was really able to handle. And I've always, I won't say joked, but I've never really taken it serious when people said that they suffered from stress or that they had anxiety attacks. I was like, yeah, yeah, right, get over it. Yeah. But this was tough. This was really, really tough. This was something that uh, I wasn't able to, to handle and I needed to, to talk to somebody and I, I saw a shrink for a while. And basically, uh, she told me to just uh, throw in everything you have in your hands, lie down on the couch, relax, give yourself time to relax, get back on top. And uh, it's taken me two years. Um, this, uh, this, this, this probably started about you know August of two years ago. And we're now in October, uh, uh, 26 months later. So and 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 now I'm I'm starting to get back, but uh, it's it's tough. And I've heard other people say that if, if you really suffer from stress, it takes you two years. And I was like, yeah, right. But uh, I I can uh, confirm that that uh, it's about it's about a two year 
span, you know, from, from when you first get hit till you till you're back in business. I appreciate you bringing that up because a lot of times we build up these people on TV and the famous people as you know the perfect life and and all that, but they suffer from the same thing everyone else does. And and for you to be brave enough to say that and, and talk about you know getting over it, I, I really appreciate that. And this is the first time that I open up uh, in, in public about this. So, so this is a first for your podcast here. And, and if this is rumored to Danish press, you know, uh, with, with, the, with the size and extent of your podcast and the global reach of your podcast, I'm sure it will. Uh, so I'm sure that they'll, uh, they'll, they'll, the phone won't stop ringing for the next couple of weeks. Everybody wants to hear the story. But I'll say that, that there's a lot of people in my business, both in Denmark and, and other countries, that suffer from this and and uh, it's kind of a taboo you know yeah. because you're this you're this face you're this person in tv and and your job is amazing and your life is amazing and everything's great and we're so envious and blah 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 but it's not all great uh so uh, so it was tough for me uh for for a long time and it, it's uh it's it, it's been tough also you know at first i think it was tough admitting to yourself that you were sick yeah. that it wasn't just you know uh, you not how should I put it? You know, at first I was like, hey, you know, just get over it. You know, but but I, I couldn't. You know, I, I couldn't perform whenever whenever somebody asked me to, to perform, whether it was just giving a speech speech in a small crowd. Uh, my my throat would totally uh, how do I say it? Uh, clog up. Yeah, clog up. You know, and I I, I couldn't speak, and then I was like felt I felt like throwing up, and uh, it's it's been like that for a long time. And uh, do you think is because you were in the spotlight for so long. You had to be on your A game nonstop. Um, I mean, what, what do you think the cause of that stress was? I mean, just the lifestyle? No, no, definitely not the lifestyle. I, I think, I think maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, this is just guess me guessing, but I, I think it might have been, you know, uh, constantly being uh, or, or wanting to. Uh, perform and give people what they wanted and being on TV and always, you know, having to live up to a certain position that I put myself in and maybe pressure, more pressure or, or me putting more pressure on myself than I actually think came from the outside. So I think it, it was more of, of, of me generating some kind of pressure in my head that maybe wasn't there. But, you know, the, the mind is a difficult thing to understand. And, and like right, living up to the image? Constantly, yeah, but you know, some kind of image that I that I believed at the time that that, that I had, and and just uh, you know, it was something that that I that I needed to uh, to live up to, and and and, and I needed to perform at a, at a certain level, and uh, I just I I didn't feel well in the end, so uh, I was I mean I was I was I was so far out that at, at one point you know my heart was beating so fast that I seriously I thought I was having a heart attack, and that I was gonna die right then and there, yeah. uh, and that's basically when I thought okay. We got to do something about this. This is this, this is not good. And since since I've known you, you seems like things are going a lot better. Everything. I mean, you're you're a joy to be around. I, I really appreciate hanging out with you and and so forth. How did you kind of get back on your feet? You know, for the listeners, like what were some tips to kind of you know deal with that anxiety, deal with that stress? Mm. Well, uh, well, first of all, uh, obviously uh, talking to a, a shrink. You know, uh, and that's very tough for people to say. It's very, but they work. They're smart. They get you outside of your head and see different perspectives. You know what? I, I, I talked to a couple over the years, and, and uh, one said something to me that I'll never forget. He says, uh, uh, when your car is broken, you go to a mechanic because he knows how to fix it. 
Now, the brain is a much more complex thing than a car. Why do you think you can fix that yourself? So you need to go to a brain mechanic. And uh, the good ones are really, really good. And, and even, it's like these, you know, even, even the bad ones are good. Uh, but uh, uh, they, uh, they, 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 they've helped me out, you know. And, 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 and then the next thing is, and that's really tough to, 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 uh, to get in, into your head, but it, it's, it's really just time. It takes time. Uh, you can't rush it. Um, I became very, very vulnerable in the sense that uh, it was very little things that should go wrong. Um, if, 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 if my life, you know, took just a, 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 a small turn in the wrong direction at the time when I when I was feeling uh, at, when at the low point, if if, if something happened, you know, it, I remember being in America. And, and I forgot my charger in the hotel room and I realized that, you know, and all of a sudden I get an anxiety attack. Trigger? From, uh, yeah, from, from freaking losing my, from forgetting yeah. a, a $10 charger in a hotel room. Yeah. That just goes to show you that it's, it's very, very little things that can trigger these anxiety attacks when, when you're as far out as I was, you know, it's, it's very little things. Uh, so basically, uh, the one thing that works in your favor is time. And in this day and age, you know, where everybody wants to run fast and earn a lot of money and be a super wife or a super husband or CEO or whatever, you know, there's so much image uh, that you have to live up to. It is very difficult to take time off. Uh, but, uh, but I think it's important that one thing also that's happened in our society nowadays is that, that you're constantly online. You're constantly in connected connection with everything. With, 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 with everything and everybody. And you don't give your body or your mind time to relax. Mm -hmm. If you look back at, you know, even 20 years ago, you gave your body and your mind a lot more time to relax. If you look back 50 years ago and, and maybe even before TV or whatever, you know, you had, you had relationships between people. Uh, at, a, at a whole other level than you do now. Not that you don't have relationships now, obviously you do, but, but back then, you know, uh, you'd sit down as a family and you'd listen to the radio, you know, and that'd be the highlight of the day. And then, you know, you'd, you'd do a, go for a walk or, uh, you know, spend time over dinner or play a game or whatever. Now, you know, you're sitting there with your phone in your hand, you're always connected. And on, on Instagram, Facebook, other social media, there's a certain image you have to live up to. Look at how many people only uh, uh, post pictures of them being the best in, moment in, in, in a great place, you know, with these great people, you know, eating this good food, you know, traveling, whatever, you know. Uh, how many people do you actually see on Facebook or Instagram posting on school? On school, that's the English for it. I'm sorry, but uh, uh, but uh, posting, you know, uh, hey, I'm feeling horrible, you know, uh, I'm, I'm I'm bad, you know, help me out. Highlight it's, reel. It it is a highlight reel, and and that's a problem, you know, because that's not really how life is for anybody uh and uh and 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 for me to to you know you've, you've been asking me to come on your show for a long time I said, the first episode i put myself out there i said we're getting him on yeah, yeah and uh and it's not like i haven't been i've been, uh, you've been wanting, busy i've been wanting to do it but i'm busy and, and then when you which leave, i was i was happy because you're getting out there and, and yeah. making things happen i told you but on the phone, I came here. I said, "I'm coming to town. I, I, the energy's coming. We're gonna. Everything's gonna be good." So, yeah. So I guess uh, I guess my my three pieces of advice are uh, you know see a shrink, take time, and and talk to Nick.
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that, no. So, so basically, uh, basically, the, the the time factor is is important, and I think the um, the, w- the one thing also that, that my shrink told me was that uh, uh, I, I needed to be better at relaxing. I needed to allow myself to relax because I, I remember, you know, because I can still get a bad conscience if I'm doing something that's not creative. Yeah. You know, uh, where I I feel like ooh I. You know, should I watch this? Should I watch another episode of Friends? You know, uh, or should I do something more constructive? You know, should I write an article or should I do something? But whenever that that feeling comes over me, now I'm like, no, you know, take your time to do nothing, and that's really really important. Take your time to do nothing, and it's not like you're a nobody or you're boring or anything like that. If you do nothing, it's not. It's, it's I actually think it's good for you. I think it's good for you, for your brain to relax, for yourself to just, you know, say, hey, you know, I'm doing nothing. Where we live in this time and age where you have to be on the move all the time. You have to be, uh, as I said before, you know, you, you, you have to live up to this perfect image. No, you know, take time to do nothing. Very important. 100%. That's, that's great stuff. And it's going to resonate with a lot of people, especially, you know, someone that's, very successful and out there in the spotlight for you to open up about that. I really appreciate that. I really respect it, but I'm happy because you seem like you're back on your feet. You seem like things are rolling. The website, you're getting back into doing gigs and all that. What uh, what do we got planned the rest of the year? Uh, well, uh, a bunch of stuff. Uh, first of all, the NFL uh, plays games in Europe, yep. uh, and I went to these first two games in at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, the new stadium they built out in Tottenham in, in London. Uh, great experiences both of them and uh, our little website there uh, you call it yellow flag uh, which is also the correct uh, translation from Google Club dot DK uh, we sell we sell NFL trips uh, to mm-hmm. both the games in London and also games in America so actually I'm coming to Minnesota this fall uh, well, I'm there. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, you're home. Oh, good. Um, we're doing we're doing an NFL trip to uh, to Cleveland to to see the, the Browns and the Steelers play, and then fly out to Minnesota to watch the uh, the Vikings and the Broncos play. Uh, and I'll stay in Minnesota, and then I'll travel to Texas, where we have another group of people coming over uh, around Thanksgiving, and we'll have a couple of games out there. It's going to be really exciting. We're going to have uh, the, the, we're going to see the Texans against the Patriots there. Okay. So, but I have a bunch of people flying in uh, for these games, and uh, and and it's uh, it's uh, work for me as as well as uh, a pleasure, uh, since you know I will. Uh, I'll, I'll give a little speech. I'll talk about the teams we're gonna see. I'm, I'm gonna talk about the, uh, the, uh, the the stadiums and the cities and football in general. Uh, so, so that's gonna be fun. But it's also gonna be great, you know, to, to come to the Minnesota and, and uh, see your father mm-hmm. and your mother and yourself, hopefully, and other people that uh, that I know in Minnesota. And then uh, your I podcast. And... Yeah, yeah, I'm doing the podcast. I do the NFL podcast, and then I also do a bicycle podcast, and, and... which is pretty big. Yeah, both of them have become quite popular. Um, they're both in Danish, so anybody listening in, you know, if, if you're if you're Danish and you're listening in, Bill uh, Opa podcast is the bicycle podcast, and obviously NFL show is the uh, NFL podcast. But uh, if if you're English, uh, you're not gonna get much out of, of those two podcasts. Uh, don't forget Miss Universe. You were doing that, right? <laughs> I'm glad you're bringing it up. Yeah, I was hosting Miss Universe. Uh, I was hosting Miss Universe in the Denmark, and I'm doing a, a few other hosting uh, gigs, you know, which is uh, which is awesome. You know, it's, it's you really uh, love doing that stuff. Yeah, not I, I mean, obviously Miss Universe in the Denmark are great gigs, you know, but but uh, but hosting hosting shows in general are, are is great fun. The one you um 
brought my family and I to um, the soccer game. Right. And I saw you hosting, and right. you you can work a crowd. You were a lot of fun, and you can tell. Even in the rain. Even in the rain, yeah. You got us hyped <laughs> up. So that was that was good. I, I just want to say, man, I really appreciate everything you've done for me. I've learned a ton from you. Um, it's been a, an amazing experience, and <clears throat> I want to say you're my friend. You're my really good friend, no, no, and no, I appreciate no, everything. No, I'll, I'll go further. Your family. 100%. 100%. I really think a lot of people will get something out of this. I think it'll make a big difference to people, you know, talking about stress, talking about anxiety, and, and that, and, and I'm happy we finally got in. The last day. Right. We need it. We need it. I promised you to do it, and uh, you're leaving tomorrow, so uh, of course we're doing it. All right. Appreciate it, man. Best of luck to you, Klaus. We're going to stay in touch. I'll hopefully see you back home for sure. And, um, and hey, to you, I mean, uh, good luck with Italy next year. Congratulations on getting that beat yeah. down there. Yeah, so, come visit there. Yeah, I, I, I told you to come to Denmark and play football, and now uh, you've seen what the European lifestyle is like, and, and uh, I guess you went to Italy yourself, and, and you right. saw what, what Bologna was like, and you said, hey, this is where I want to go. 100%. Living, living so Italian. I like that, that lifestyle. But appreciate everything, Klaus. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on.